0: Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message kicks off our new series, Questions of Jesus, with our senior pastor, Pastor Omar Lopez, in a message entitled, Why Are You Afraid? Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then check out our website at PraiseChapleParamount.com. Enjoy this message. Welcome, everyone. Are you glad you're in the house of God today? I said, are you glad you're in the house of God today? Why don't you turn to someone and say, you're in the right place at the right time, right now. Oh, you guys are already jumping ahead of me already. That's all right. We appreciate you being here tonight. We welcome everyone that's watching online. And I'll tell you, I just appreciate the presence of God today. Your goodness is running after me, man. I just love that song. I can sing that song almost every service, so they try not to burn it out. But I'll tell you what, I I just love that song. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Sometimes we just have to remember that, right? Sometimes we just need a reminder when we sing it. And uh, if you're here for the very first time, we welcome you here. You're wondering, what are you people singing about? Well, I'll tell you what, we're singing about Jesus and what he's done in our lives today. And, and, and we can't help it, but we just have to lift up our voices and worship him and sing to him. And uh, we, we get people sometimes, well, you guys are too emotional. You, say, well, you sing in the shower. You sing in the car. When you go to a concert, you're doing all of this. We're doing that for Jesus, man. I'll tell you what. We, we, we just can't help it. We just love the Lord today. And so, again, we're, we're going to get into a new series today. And last uh, last month, we've been talking about reach. Reach someone, right? And we, we've been telling you about reach. And we're going to be talking about reach all the way to conference. We need to reach somebody for Jesus. Uh, but this morning, we're going to start a series on questions. And you might say, what what's the big deal about questions? Do you realize... Um, we often think about God and Jesus as the answer. And how many know Jesus is the answer? And we often think about Jesus providing all of these answers. But believe it or not, Jesus asked more questions than he gave answers. In fact, throughout the New Testament, the book of Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, there are over 339 questions that Jesus asked. And so over and over in Scripture, Jesus asked questions. And why did he ask them? And I'll I'll give you a few questions that he asked. But I believe he was doing it to engage people. He was doing it to start a conversation. You Never start a conversation with somebody just, say, "Hey, tell me your story." Or, where do you, where'd you, you know, where were you born, or what neighborhood are you from? Uh, yeah, that could be a little scary, but uh, you know, um, where'd you grow up, right? Uh, where do you work at? What do you do for a living? And that usually starts a conversation and uh, really starts people uh, get engaged. And many of these questions Jesus used for that reason. And, and this morning i'm going to talk about a question that jesus gave in a very some dire circumstances that were going on at the time why jesus asked the question when he asked it uh, but before i do that i'm going to pray i'm going to ask the lord to just kind of help us this morning as we get into this message i believe the lord will minister to you he'll challenge you today and i believe he's going to speak in alive. so let's pray right now father we thank you for the word of god We thank you that your word is true, that your word is powerful, that God today, it never falls to the ground. But God, every word here, God, will accomplish what you sent it to do. And I pray that you'll minister to people right now, even people that may have questions in their mind about God, people that have questions about Jesus, people have spiritual questions about their life and their purpose today. God, your word is relevant in 2021. It applies to our lives. So God, let the word become alive in people's hearts right now. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I declare your word, that people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So again, Jesus asked a variety of questions. And many times they were just questions to have human connection. Uh, The Bible talks about In the book of John, chapter four, there was a woman at the well. We, I I preached on that story back in January and February. We talked about this woman at the well who had, had been married five times and was living with the guy at the time. And Jesus wanted to engage conversation with that woman, and so he asked that woman, "Give me a drink." And she said, "Wait a minute, you're a Jew. You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. We don't talk. Can't believe you're talking to me." So Jesus was asking a question to let her know that He cared about her. There are a variety of questions. There's one where He asked a question about uh, letting people kind of examine their soul a little bit. And and in Luke chapter six, if you love those that love you, what credit is that to you? He said, even sinners love those who love them. And if you good if you do good to those, uh, uh, what uh, to you what good or what credit is that to you? So in other words, Jesus is kind of causing us to have some soul searching. You're only loving those that love you. but about loving those that just don't love you? And then he even talks about a time where worry, how many have ever worried a little bit? You're, you worry about things. And so he began to engage a conversation addressing worry. And he goes, therefore, I tell you, Jesus said, do not worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or about your body, what you're going to wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Then he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, store, store away in barn, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, look at the question, are you not much more valuable than them? And so often we ask questions, and God, again, in the questions, or Jesus asked question, and in the question, believe it or not, sometimes is the answer. You ever heard somebody, you asked a question, they answered the question with a question? Because sometimes in the question, there's an answer, believe it or not. I, I read the story about this man who was talking to God one day and he asked God, He said, God, how long is a million years to you? And God answered him and said, It's about a second to me, my son. And the man said, Well, God, how much is a million dollars to you? He goes, To me, it's only a penny. So the man asked, God, can I have a penny? <laughs> and God answered, just a second. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a million years before you see that million dollars, right? So this morning, as we get into this message, Jesus asked a question, and we're going to talk about it. It's kind of a metaphor of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about storms. We're going to talk about battles and trials how many are familiar with that if you're not you will be and jesus asked this question when all of this is going on and we'll read the story in just a minute when all this is going on he asked the question why are you afraid why are you afraid and for those that speak spanish qué tienes miedo qué tienes miedo okay you guys are looking at me weird all right why are you afraid believe it or not i do talk a little bit of spanish well uh, I grew up talking Spanish, and uh, so I try to talk it here and there, all right? Por tienes miedo, okay? Excuse the accent, all right? So anyway, Mark chapter 4, uh, Jesus was actually teaching from a boat, and he's teaching from this boat. He uh, poos the boat maybe up to shore a little bit so the people can talk to them. There's been a big crowd, and in Mark chapter 4, he begins to see the crowd, and it's been a tiring day. And in fact, if you go all the way back to Mark chapter 3, Jesus had been ministering. It's been a long day of ministry. And I want to kind of give you a little bit of background. In fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter 3, verse 20, that one time Jesus entered the house, the crowd were gathered again and again. Soon him and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. Have you ever been so busy? You just didn't even have time to eat? So Jesus is in this place where he'd been ministering And talking, and there's been crowds and crowds of people, and so now he finally gets in a boat, and uh, uh, to kind of avoid the crowd from pressing him in, he gets on this boat and begins to teach from inside the boat, and begins to minister, and basically the boat becomes a podium, and it's going to become a sermon illustration in just a moment, Uh, and in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we're going to read those verses of the scripture, and we're going to kind of break them down as we go along. And so in verse 35, that day when evening came, so he'd been ministering all day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. So here he is in the boat. He's ministering there to the crowd. Uh, they probably have the boat up on shore there, and he's ministering. He finally turns to the disciples. It's getting, it's getting late. He's been ministering all day, and we see that he's probably tired. Uh, it probably hasn't had uh, uh, very much time to eat anything, and so he's there, and he finally tells the disciple, let's go over to the other side. Let's go over right now and go over to the other side. And The Bible says they took him as he was. In other words, they didn't make any preparation. Uh, They didn't make any provision. They just got him. They said, there he is in the boat. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And they begin to take him uh, as they went. And so the Bible says uh, uh, there were also other boats with him. And here's where it gets really interesting, okay? A furious squall or a storm came up and wave broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, or in other words, it was filled with water. Verse 37, I'll read it in another version. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill the boat with water. So this, uh, as they sailed out in this boat, the Bible tells us that suddenly, and I'll talk about a little bit how this happened, they run into a storm, and now they're taking in water, and now it's, it looks like this boat is going to sink. Uh, have you ever been in a boat that was about to sink? Anybody here? I, I've never have. But have you ever driven with somebody that doesn't know how to drive and they scare you to death? <laughs> have you ever been? I have. it's Like, my goodness, you're putting the brakes and you're, not, you're, you're on the passenger side, right? You're, you're holding on to everything. Or you ever been on a plane that you thought was going to fall out of the sky? And you're going, my goodness, what's going to happen? Or I, I've never had experiences. Have you ever been in a in a high-rise building during an earthquake? I heard that could be pretty scary. You're thinking, man, this thing is going to go. And so these guys are there, and this is happening. They run into a storm, and they're in panic. I mean, this massive panic going on. They don't know what to do. I mean, these guys, they're experienced fishermen. And they're in panic, they're scared because this thing looks like, like it's gonna go under. And, and I don't remember, I don't know if any of you remember the, the Lost in Space series in the 1960s. Some of you weren't even born there, but, but it was like danger, Will Robertson, danger. You know, it's like, this is really, or if you ever watch the Star Trek, I don't think I can hold her much longer, Captain. I'm giving her all she's got, you know, and so everything, it's going down, it's going down. And so, it's round, yeah, I know, and uh, I just remember that. That guy's saying, I don't think I can do it, captain. And, and the captain says, come on, keep pushing her. So anyway, here they are. They're in this storm. And these experienced fishermen are going on. And the Bible says in verse 38, Jesus, look at this. This is kind of, it's humorous to me. He was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Isn't that kind of funny? I mean, these guys are drowning. And Jesus, man, is taking a cap nap. Jesus is taking a power nap. If you really look at it, I mean, there's water, they're taking in water, there's the storm, there's a the wind, and that just tells me that Jesus is sleeping hard. Have you guys ever just uh, sleeping hard? I mean, man, you. there's nothing that can get between you and sleep. Have you ever been that sleepy before? <laughs> uh, have you ever come home from work or from wherever, and you just didn't even have time to take off your clothes? You just, boom, you just hit the... I, I can imagine... That's exactly what was going on here. It also tells me he had a cushion. So Jesus had planned to go to sleep. When you have a cushion, you, 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 you intentionally did that. You didn't accidentally like, okay, guys, I'm with you. You, know, you said, where is the cushion? I'm, I'm going to sleep. And he's sleeping hard. These guys are about to lose their lives. We see the humanity of Jesus that he's tired. Uh, we see that he's just like you and I. He's, uh, he's sleeping. And the Bible says in verse 38, the, the, the disciples woke him up. And this is what they said to him. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many know no one cares like God cares? Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? Isn't it it amazing how we'll question God when we're going through battles if he cares or not? When you got money in the bank, you're not asking God if he cares. When you got a raise, you're not asking God if you care. When you get that house, when you get all these things that you want, you're not asking, does God care? But the moment things turn around, the moment there's a storm, the moment there's a shift, the moment there's things that are not working your way, am I the only one? We start saying, God, do you care? God, are you listening to me? Wake up, God. Wake up. Where, where are you? You know what? All this stuff is going on in my life. What's happening? Don't you care about what's happening in my life? And in verse 39, I love what happens here. Now we see the divine of Jesus. We see his divine power. In verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind. Now, I don't know if he said, Wind go away. I don't know how he rebuked it, but he rebuked it instead of the wave. Quiet. Be still, just like that. And I mean, usually when a, when a storm comes, you know, it slowly begins to go, but instantly, just like that. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. And then he turned to his disciples, and this is where the question is: Why are you afraid? Por qué miedo? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Turn to your neighbor and say, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? I ain't afraid. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're afraid. There's things that that terrify you. Now, in my opinion, they had a reason to be afraid. In my opinion, even though these guys were seasoned fishermen, I mean, uh, things, uh, uh, they obviously had experienced storms before, but if if they were afraid, that means they, they ran into a storm that was way above something they ever experienced before. So that's why they seem afraid. And the other part is the Lord is there and he doesn't seem concerned. He's asleep. And that's why they said, Lord, don't you care? It seems that the Lord is not concerned about their predicament. It seems like God's not listening. If you've ever been there in your life, it seems like God doesn't care about your situation. Now, I, I, I just kind of going to say that I, I, I imagine if Gordon Ramsay was on the boat <laughs> and he was organizing this whole crew, and then he looks over at Jesus and he goes, Man, what are you doing? You know how, you know, I'm not going to say everything you would have said, but he might have said, Jesus, don't take it personal, just take it seriously man, you're so in denial, you need therapy. You know, I can imagine him telling Jesus off, you know, like, my goodness, get up, boy. I'm eating here. What's going on? You know, he I- Iqali I- was upset. I don't know why he said that. But anyway, so the guys, uh, they're freaking out. And then the next thing he says to them, the next question is actually two questions, but I'm only emphasizing the first, but he does say, do you still have no faith? Now, why did Jesus say that? Because I think Jesus expected them by now to have a little bit more faith. I mean, you've been hanging out with me. You've seen what I can do. And by the time we get to this chapter, Jesus has already healed a person that was dying. He has already healed a person with leprosy. He already healed Peter's mother-in-law. And that's probably why he denied him. That. No, that's not why. But he, he healed. No, it's really, though, he did heal her, though. I'm sorry, guys. He did heal her, though. <laughs> what, where am I going with that? He healed the lady. Peter loved her. He loved that mother-in-law, right? My goodness, what's wrong with this guy in the Bible? He loved him. And so Jesus heals the mother-in-law, right? And then the Bible says that he healed the man that was paralyzed. So I can imagine at this point, Jesus is expecting them to have a little bit more faith. Why are they questioning him? This is why Jesus said, do you still have no faith? In verse 41, they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? You've been hanging around with Jesus. You still don't know who he is. Even the wind... And the waves obey him. Now, here's what I want you to realize, and, and you may have read this before, but it, the Sea of Galilee, the reason it's actually a large lake, which is about uh, 13 miles wide and eight miles uh, going the other way. And so it's a large lake, but they say because it's the, uh, it sits at the lowest part, it's like one of the lowest uh, lakes in, in the world that when wind comes down from the mountain, that it could immediately cause a storm. In other words, a storm could blow up out of nowhere. This is why the Bible says that all of a sudden there was this storm. Uh, Some of the gospels describe it as the mega storm or almost giving it like a seismic storm. In other words, it was larger uh, than they had ever seen. And all of a sudden, it just came out of nowhere. And it's interesting to me that it came uh, out of nowhere. And a lot of us today in life, when you're going along life, how many know the storms of life can just come suddenly out of nowhere? That's how life can be. You just didn't expect it. I mean, you were sailing along smoothly. Things were going great in your life. Things were coming together. And all of a sudden, you get a phone call. All of a sudden, you get a doctor's report. Am I right? All of a sudden, things can change quickly. The Bible said the storm was severe and the fact that they were drowning or they felt that they were drowning. They were taking on water. You know, it gets really bad when you got experienced fishermen going to a carpenter for help, right? Am I right? Jesus was a carpenter. You got their fishermen. You should know what to do. But They're coming to a carpenter. It's pretty bad. And so it's severe. And then the the other thing that we do see as well is we see that they were surprised. They did not expect this to happen. And a lot of us this morning in life, uh, it could be, life could be full of surprises, good and bad. I like good surprises. I don't like bad surprises. You ever had that phone call and, and all of a sudden from the school and you say, hey, uh, uh, your child hasn't been in school for like two weeks. And you go, what? I drop her off every day. I know nobody here. I'm talking about the church people down the street. But about that, that child, she just she, she hasn't been showing up. And you, you, you were dropping her off every day, 8 o'clock. You watched her. She went into school and she went into that game and went out the next. Then you find out she's been talking to people. Are you hearing me? You know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm getting at. Things all of a sudden, uh, they, they surprise us, uh, and, and it's a bad surprise. And if we're not careful, sometimes we, we look at our lives and we say, man, why is this happening to me? I wish I had that other person's life. That's the, that's the terrible thing about social media. So all you're, all you're looking at is the highlights of people. You're not really seeing their life. She doesn't look like that in the morning. She put all kinds of stuff on, and then she put the filter on, and honey, you actually look better than that girl. You just don't know it. That's a whole other story. You know, all, you know, the whole different angle, and the chin looks you know, a lot thinner. You know what I'm saying. She has a fat jaw, but she doesn't really... Uh, I'm not talking about anyone in this church. <laughs> I'm talking about social media. Said <laughs> the social media people, again, so we start, we start kind of envying people, right? I wish I had that thing, and I wish that. We look at their house. We said, man, I wish I had that house. Yet you don't even know that guy could be four months behind in his payment. He's about to lose that house. Man, I wish I had that marriage, and you don't even know they're on the verge of divorce. They're just smiling on the outside. They their their marriage at the train wreck, man. And and you're thinking, "Man, I wish I had that. You you have no idea what surprises are behind what's going on." And so the Bible says these guys are going through a storm. They're going through some battles in their life that they did not expect. Maybe some of you right now, you're in this place right now, or maybe you have someone close to you. You love someone or someone that you love, someone that you care about is going through a battle right now. It's going through a storm right now. It's going through some trials right now in their life. They're going through a situation they didn't expect. How many right now, you know somebody, or maybe you're going through, it. you just raise your hand, and say, I know someone, pastor. I know someone. I'm going to pray. Let's just keep your hand up. Father in heaven, We pray for grace. We pray for strength today. And Lord, we pray, God, today help these folks, everyone, loved ones, people that are close to them that are going through battles right now, that you'll help them, God, navigate, Lord, through that time and through these times right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Jesus asked this question, why are you afraid? Because, again, these disciples were overwhelmed with what was going on in their life. And again, some of us could be in a storm right now. I've said this before, and I'll say it again just to remind everyone, you're either in a storm right now, you're either coming out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. Just encouraging words from your pastor today. (laughs) I want to be real. I want to be honest with you. You're either in a storm, okay? You're coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. That could be either one of us this morning that are in life, because that's how life is. (laughs) I mean, it just is. You're either in one, you're coming out of one, or you're about to go into one. And so I want to give you a little bit of hope. Say hope. hope. Now, here's the good news. In the storm, God's presence is with you in the storm. So let's look back at this verse. In verse 37, a furious storm came up. The wave broke over. In other words, they were taking on water. And the Bible said Jesus was in the stern or in the back of the boat. Of course, like I said before, he's sleeping there. But Jesus is still there. In other words, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of them taking on water, in the midst of the wind, all that's happening, Jesus is in the boat. He may be sleeping, but the presence of God is with you, right? Now, here's what I want to say to you. Many times we think that, The moment we gave our life to Jesus, the moment we surrendered our hearts to Jesus, that we're not going to experience any battles, that we're not going to experience any storms in life. Let me just tell you, that is a fat lie. In fact, when you get saved and you give your life to Jesus, there are going to be storms that are going to come into your life. There are going to be battles that you're going to have to face. Jesus never promised any of us today, that when we gave our life to him, that we would not experience any trials or, or, or any battles in life. You're dreaming if you think that. In fact, you know what Jesus said? He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Say trouble. That word trouble means trials, distress, afflictions, suffering. You want me to get any deeper? I mean, hurt, I mean, pain, all of that is there. He said, in this world, you're going to experience all of these things. But then he says, but be of good cheer or take heart. I've overcome the world. And so again, Jesus never promised to life free of trouble, free of trials, free of any kind of battles. And I believe this. In fact, as believers, the moment you give your life to Jesus, you're in a battle. Because you have come from light or from darkness to light. Christianity is not a playground. It is a battleground. Christianity is not a walk in the park. It's a fight against the dark. Am I right? You are are not walking in the park. In fact, the moment you give your life to Jesus... There's a spiritual warfare, and I'm just being honest with you. The the enemy is mad. He's upset. He is fighting over your soul. He wants to keep you in darkness. He wants to keep you back uh, doing uh, what you were doing, the things that were disobedient to God. And this is why today we have a gospel that is distorted. When people say, when you give your life to Jesus, everything is going to be good. Everything is going to be all right. You're never going to have any storms. The storms are real, but it's not going to sink you. Can you say amen? The storms are real today. So just know this, in the presence of God, or in the midst of the storm, God's presence is still there. And ought to be a game changer because you're not by yourself. I said this Wednesday night, I'll share with you again. There is a story about this guy who encountered a friend who he hadn't seen in a while. And he was talking to his friend and he realized his friend had told him that his twin brother had just passed away a few days past. And he told him, I'm sorry, you know, my condolences to you and your family. And the man whose brother had died said, well, we're trusting God. We're going to be trusting God during this time. And the man responded to him. He said, well, I guess that's all we can do, huh? And the man immediately responded, said, no, I can go and get drunk. No, I can go and beat up somebody. No, I can mistreat some people. But I choose today to trust God and put my faith in God in the midst of the storm. See, it's what you choose to do. It's what you decide to do when you're in the storm. See, if we're not careful, we take our attention off of God in the midst of the storm, and we begin to react differently. We're angry, we're bitter, we're mad. We get upset. We say God doesn't care. And this is where God's people have to rise up and trust God. A faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Don't tell me you have faith, but you've never been tested. I'll say it again. A faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. See, how is it that somebody can be going through battles and trials and enduring all of these things in life And they look at you and say, how are you getting through? How is it that your world isn't falling apart? How is it that in the middle of the storm, you don't seem to be giving up? And I'm here to tell you today, the reason is uh, I have someone that lives at my house, uh, not at my home address, but in the house of my life. He's the author of Life Today, and he helps me navigate the storm. Can you say amen? His presence is with me, and so never doubt or never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'm going to say it again. Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God, because when we go through the storm, we need to know what the Word of God says. God is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my ever-present help in time of trouble. He will never leave me, nor forsake me uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death uh, he is with me. Uh, I'm not staying in the valley of shadow of the death. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death uh, and God uh, the storm is not going to sink me today uh, the storm may be there but the presence of God is still with me in the midst of the storm. That's what I'm talking about today. There used to be a song we used to sing. I don't know if I, I've show, uh, even sang before, but it was, "He didn't bring us this far to leave us. You ever heard that song? <laughs> he didn't teach us to swim, to let us drown. He didn't build a home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. How many, thank God for that. He didn't bring us this far to leave us, man. God brought you this far so that you can make it, uh, and you're going to make it to the other side. Here's the second thing. Uh, When you're in the storm, you're not going to like this, but there's always a purpose. Some of you aren't going to like this kind of preaching, but I believe every storm in life has the purpose, and it's not necessarily that God created it, but many times God allowed it. And God is able to do what the enemy meant for evil to turn it around for good. Even the darkest thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Am I right? There's some people that are good, bad, and ugly. Am I right? So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Did I really say that? Can you guys erase that online? But that's true. So let's go to the other side. I didn't say what well, kind of ugly. Maybe it's like they're so ugly. They're so ugly. That, that's what I meant. Inside ugly. Ooh, bad. So Jesus said, "Let's go." I'm having too much fun this morning. And so Jesus said, "Let's go to the other side." Now, if you know the story, in hindsight, if you read the rest of the story, on the other side is this man that is demon possessed, and uh, he is. Uh, there and he lives in the graveyard he is so possessed by devils that this man lives in the graveyard and they can't control him and and, and he's out of his mind and Jesus is going to the other side because he knows divinely that there's a man that he's going to go and set that man free so there was a purpose in him going to the other side it wasn't just to get away from the crowd although he was tired. It wasn't just to say, well, you know, we need somewhere to go, but he had a reason to go to the other side. The other thing, if you know anything about the demographics of that area, on the other side of the sea was where the Gentiles live, Gentiles are people that are not Jewish. And so Jesus knew that the Jewish people avoided the Gentiles. They didn't have any association with them, but it's the Gentiles that Jesus wanted to reach. that's why He reached us, right? And so he had a reason to go and minister there. And so in fact, Jesus is the one that tells them, "Let's get on the boat and go over there." So it was the will of God listen to me that they get in a boat, and it was the will of God that they face a storm. That's hard for us to comprehend that because we think when we're in the will of God, we're not going to face any storms. Can I tell you? In fact, many times where you're in the will of God, you are facing a storm. Many times the will of God involves a storm in your life. It causes something to happen within your life. Are you with me? It causes some things to come out in your life when you're facing some storm. And so the logic many times that we have is that when we face the storm, then we're out of the will of God. Oh, you you must not be in the will of God. You're going through trials. You're going through battles. No, in fact, you are in the will of God when you are facing some storms in life. Somebody say amen. Because I can tell you, God uses those storms to do a work in us. The Bible says this, and I'll read your scripture. James chapter 1, verse 4. Consider it pure joy. I mean, this is he says, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Really? You mean not am supposed to be excited? Wow, another trial? Hallelujah. Pastor just wanted to give God praise. I'm going through another trial. Nothing but joy. J-O-Y. Joy, joy, joy. I got it. Uh, and then he said, because you know that the testing of your faith, what? Produces perseverance or endurance. Again, uh, a faith that, cannot be, that is, has not been tested cannot be trusted. Have you ever been in school, uh, and when you went to school, they had to give you a test, a final exam? The reason why they gave you a test was if you passed the test, They can promote you to the next level. That means you gain understanding of that class so you can go on to the next class. Many times when God allows us to go through the battle, it teaches the perseverance and allows us to get a little bit more mature, a little bit more maturity under our belt. It causes you to grow. Don't just go through it. Grow through it, right? That's what it says. We're supposed to grow. Sometimes there's a lot there's a lot of people here in church, you're kind of new. Believe it or not, you're gonna need a little bit of maturity in your life. And it's gonna happen while you go through the storm. People coming, why am I going through trials? Pastor, what's happening? You're growing. That's it. Don't just go through it, grow through it. You're growing. You're going to learn. God's going to mature you a little bit. We we love the spiritual gifts. Yes, I want the spiritual gifts. Yes, I want God to use me. Well, you need a little bit of storm in your life in order to get you to the next level. (laughs) See, I would say the difference between where you are right now and where God ultimately wants to get you is the storm that you haven't endured yet. It's the very storm that you have not gone through yet. The place where you need to get to is going to have to be We call it the school of hard knocks, right? You're going to have to go through some things in your life in order to grow. And this is the place where you trust God. Now, my faith is not in the boat, but who's in the boat with me? Can you say amen? So Jesus within the boat and the bible says they wake him up and 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 you know I, I could imagine that again jesus is sleeping hard man i mean he's having you know you ever been in one of those hard sleeps and then they wake you like come on man really man i was like in the third of heaven i was in my 10th <laughs> dream i mean man I, it was so good and you disrupted me, and you woke me up suddenly. There was no need to wake me up. And, and so this is Jesus, and he wakes up. He doesn't answer them. He said, uh, you know, Jesus, do this. You know, why don't you care? And he just gets up, and he said, my goodness, man, now you know now i got to deal with the storm and the wind. Be quiet. You know, that's it. Then he turned to them and said, why are you afraid? I've been with you this whole time. You woke me up. You disturbed me, man. What's happening and so Jesus rebukes the wind, he turns to them and says, Why are you afraid? And now they're not afraid of the storm anymore. They're afraid of him, they're saying, Man, my goodness, he just he just told the wind. Did you just see that? All of a sudden their attention is not on the storm, the attention is on Jesus. See, sometimes we need to get a little bit of fear of God in us a little bit, right? Get, get, rem- just remember that God's above the storm. That he, I said that he's greater than any storm in your life, any battle that you're going through. <laughs> the presence of God is there. And suddenly, the Bible says, uh, amen, they realize uh, who's in the boat with him. And all of us this morning, we need to remember who's in the boat with us. I said, who is in the boat with us? Remember, no matter what you're going through in life, Jesus is in the boat with you today. He can be trusted. I read this quote, and I think Pastor Isaac used it the other day. He said, can you worship a God who isn't obligated to explain his actions to you? We're always wanting an explanation. You know what? You're not getting an explanation. Right? Could it be your arrogance that makes you think God owes you an explanation? Can I tell you, God doesn't owe us an explanation. I said he doesn't owe you anything. In fact, we owe God for everything that he's done. God, we trust you. We know you're going to see us through no matter what. We've got to settle in our heart right now that whatever storm, whatever's going to happen, surprises in life, that we have to, no matter what's going on, he, we have to trust him, and he's going to get us to the other side. That God's going to get us to the other side. I, I believe this morning... All of us in life are gonna face those storms, but again, don't let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt or cause you to doubt the presence of God. I want to pray right now. Why don't we bar our heads and close our eyes for just a moment? Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you'll reach across this building. God, there are many lives that are sitting in this building right now. And you know who they are, God. You know everything about their life. You know their history. God, you know what's happening today. And God, you love them most of all. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reach right now across this room and that you'll minister to people, that you'll let them know that you love them, you care about them. They're important to you. You value them. Even as these disciples were in the boat, they thought, Lord, don't you care? Oh, God, you care. In fact, God, even though you were in sleeping on the boat that day even though you were, it seemed like you were in bed, you were still on the throne and today God is on the throne today, he's watching over your life he's, he knows everything that's he knows every detail, the bible says he knows every detail about our lives today and so if you're in this room or you're listening online today, I just want to say to you that there's a God in heaven that loves you, there's a God in heaven that cares about you there's the God in heaven that values you today. And you're important to him. You're so important to God that he brought you here today. And you may say, well, no, I, I came on my own. I just decided to be here today. No, the Holy Spirit made a way for you to be here today. It's too coincidental to be a coincidence. Could it be that this is the message you needed to hear? Not because I'm preaching it, but because God wanted you to hear it. That He cares about you that maybe you've gone through some storms in life. Maybe you've gone through some things and you're wondering, why did all this happen to me? I'm here to tell you that God will help you. You can get to the other side. That God can be trusted today. And if you'll just put your trust in him, he'll change your life. See, the Bible said that all of us, no matter who you are, we're all sinners, every single one. When we all fall short of the glory of God. We can't make it to heaven on our own. We need a Savior. We need God's forgiveness. A lot lot of things that have happened to us is because of our own sin. And God's the only one today that can forgive us. God's the only one that can change our lives this morning. So I want to encourage you, if you're sitting in this building, every eye closed, every head bowed right now, today God's reaching out to you. Would you reach out to God? Will you reach back out to God right now and say you know what Lord I need you in my life the disciples finally after trying to do it their way trying to keep this boat afloat doing everything they finally came to Jesus they have finally turned to the one that could help them all along God's been there for you all along all I have to do is call on him he'll help you he'll reach out to you today and so if you're in this building right now you'll be honest with God be honest with yourself Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. I need God's forgiveness. All of us do. If you've never asked the Lord to come in your life and forgive you of your sin, don't leave here without him today. He loves you. If you're in this room right now, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Would you just raise your hand real quick? Say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Right here, these young ladies here, God bless you. Is there anybody else? Right over here on my right, God bless you thank you thank you thank you praise the lord you can put your hand down thank you thank you very much for your honesty is there anybody else you're in this room right now you haven't raised your hand a few people have over here this this, oh, yes god bless you this gentleman down here thank you thank you you can put your hand down thank you sir anybody else several people already is there anybody else right now you'd raise your hand you haven't raised it up yet and you say pastor that's me I need the Lord in my life. God's reaching out to you. His love. He cares. Oh man, no one cares like Jesus cares. Would you raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me? Back there. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Anybody else? If you haven't raised your hand right now, I'll see it. God will see it today. Most of all, you know it. You're lifting your hand. You know, hey, I need the Lord. Is there anyone else right now all over this building? Maybe maybe you were walking with God, but you're away from God today. Whatever happened, you kind of strayed away. You, you went the wrong direction, and you need to come back to the Lord. God, God's waiting for you today. God is waiting for you. He said, come home. The Father's waiting for you right now. You'd raise your hand say, Pastor, I need to come back home. I need to come back to the Lord today. God bless you, young lady down here. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You just raise your hand. God's waiting on you. It's never too late. Man, man, I just, God, you know what? I I just, I don't know if I I could come back. You can come back. You can. Just raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. That's me. That's me. Who are you? Who are you? Just raise your hand. God bless you. We want to pray for you today. If you raise your hand, look up at me real quick. You guys mean that over here? You mean that over here? You mean that back there? Okay. I want to pray with you. Would you just do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet and just walk right here and face me? Come on. You're not going to be by yourself. Right over here. God bless you. These young ladies back here. Would they come? There you go. Just come face me. God bless you, bro. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Some people back here, back over there. There There's some young people right here. I think there's some right here. they they right there. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Back over there. Come on, give these people a hand. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody else you want to come in and say, yes, that's me. I I want to pray. Don't be embarrassed. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to pray with you this morning. In fact, why don't you guys lead them in prayer? Why don't you lead them into the Lord right now? Just, Just pray with them. Amen. Why don't we stand together out there? If there's anybody else that you want to receive the Lord in your life, we're not here to embarrass you just come right now and I, somebody a worker will be here they'll pray with you and lead you to the lord today they'll lead you to the lord today i don't know what song are we are we singing today amen so we're going to sing this song and maybe you're going through a storm come on maybe you're going through a battle you're saying man i need god's help you know i, I felt like giving up let's just let's admit it maybe you felt like giving up maybe you're like Man, I felt like quitting this week. Man, it's been a battle. I've been in a storm for a while, Pastor. I just need God's strength. You need to come to the altar. They're going to lead us in worship. And as they sing, I want you to come. Just make your way down here. Come on. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.